0: even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening
1: good evening everybody how y'all doing welcome to the show We've got a great show planned for you We're gonna challenge ourselves to come from our best which i i hope is what i'm always doing on the show um dms as always are open got a question for us Drop in the dms on our love line ig page we'll be circling back and doing that later in the show wanted to open up the show talking about a concept that we don't talk enough about it's something that i work with a lot of the couples that come into my practice on and it's about separation it's called conscious uncoupling and like a lot of the things that I think are most important culturally or even within mental health, it it tends to not be the norm. The way we run things relationally, psychologically, tends to be a little, um, outdated and more importantly, uh, not really rooted in what's necessarily best. And when you think about relationships, ending marriages, ending relationships, ending, we automatically say, oh man, and we just expect it to be tumultuous and very difficult. And we are not surprised when we hear people talk about um, really, really conflictual, you know, uh, high conflict uh, breakups and divorces. And I want to really propose that we do start to move towards a conscious mindful, compassionate version of separation. I know that that's hard because the reason why relationships ended are sometimes rooted in someone being harmed. Um, other times they're not. And I don't know which one would in theory be more difficult. Having a relationship end because of harm, which for some allows them to leave angry and leaves the, allows them to leave feeling like a victim. And um, for some, as painful as that is, it's preferable to the opposite which can be a relationship that felt comfortable neutral at peace maybe even loving and positive for you to have that taken away or ending um and being confused or unaware as to why and that's why sometimes being victimized or harmed is more helpful because you at least have a centralized narrative as to why this thing that was so important to you that might have been a huge part of your life for a very long time why that ended Because as humans, we're meaning-making machines. We need to make meaning out of things, which is probably what works for us and against us. And if we can create a more healing narrative, which is what some psychological theories and and, and, um, practices really root themselves in, uh, that can sometimes be very helpful. And that's kind of part of the process. So in our culture, we talk a lot about breakups and divorces. And I really advocate for them not being breakups, but for them being... um, you know, uh, a shifting in structures and boundaries and labels where you realize that whatever the, you know, centralized form was, marriage, exclusivity, commitment, monogamy, romance, whatever it is, when a couple realizes that that isn't something that's able to progress forward, again, because harm occurred, harm or violence, or because the love is gone, or because you've grown in different directions, whatever it might be, that it's really a reorganization. I know this is something that's foreign to a lot of people, but in a healthy relationship, ideally, the ideal bar held very high, we wouldn't burn things down when we left. We would be creating very loving, transparent relationships where we could share with each other where we're at. No one would feel like it came out of nowhere because we'd be letting people know where we were, where we are, what we feel, what we need. We'd be working on things. Ideally, every year, Or every couple months, every couple would check in with each other and say, how's this feeling? How's this going? How am I as a partner? What changes might need to be made? And we'd always be a work in progress, always aware of what's going on. But most couples don't do that. Um, There's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of space. There's low levels of intimacy. And breakups or divorces sometimes come out of nowhere or people make really problematic, hurtful choices as opposed to going to their partner and saying, hey, this is what I need, this is what's not working for me and the solution that they go to, infidelity, a lot of other things, maybe obsessive use of drugs or alcohol or spending, whatever it might be, And nothing gets solved and things go on too long. People get hurt and then it ends. But ideally, we would know what's going on. We would work on what we need to work on. And if two people or one person realizes that this doesn't have longevity, that would be acknowledged and they'd lovingly work their way out like we lovingly work our way in. But that's not how we run relationships. We just rip the Band-Aid off. We finalize it out of nowhere, and we don't honor the mental health or the impact that that has on either partner or or anyone else actually involved. So conscious uncoupling, mindful leaving, you know, leaving with compassion is very controversial in our culture, because again, very few people do it. It's always a harsh ending, burning the bridges down, not, not able to be friends with exes. And that would be the ideal, ideal configuration just because a romantic or sexual or exclusive relationship or marriage, isn't what's right for us or one of us. We can still, in theory, be friends. That would be the ideal. I want us to have that kind of possibility. So Uh, We're going to talk about what conscious uncoupling looks like. A lot of celebrities have kind of put it in the news. I haven't heard anyone really talking about it in the past couple of years, but Gwyneth Paltrow was one of the first ones to really kind of bring attention to it. And there's some books written on it. I'm not a fan of them. I think that they try to make an entire book around one very small basic idea, and they don't do a good job really. Adding much meat to that. So I'll try to do that tonight, but I just want to plant this in everyone's mind. So stick around, more to come. We're going to talk about conscious uncoupling. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're talking tonight about conscious uncoupling, which is a challenge culturally because we do not, at, we really ever, and I listen for these conversations um, when I'm out in the world with friends, even in my clinical practice, and very few people hold themselves accountable to how they are as a partner when they're exiting a relationship. It really bums me out because that matters. We somehow think if we've been harmed by someone or we're upset about the ending of a relationship, whatever we choose to do is acceptable. It's not. Your self-esteem is demonstrated by everything you do, even when you're harmed, even when you're hurt, even when you're the victim. All those things matter. And the whole goal of conscious uncoupling is to not let any devastation or upsetment or whatever it is that came out of the ending of this relationship or the relationship itself, to not let that dictate the behaviors that you choose to engage in. I know that this is hard to hear, but when I see people, you know, spray painting cheater on someone's car or putting up and yes, we've seen this billboards with someone's picture, calling them out as a cheater and a flander and all these things and, and going on social media and, 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 and really talking poorly of your exes. I, all, I th- all I see is someone who's in a lot of pain, but I also see someone saying, I don't deal with hurt feelings very well. And it's actually a warning sign to everyone in your life that if you upset or disappoint them, this is what might be done to you. This is also a red flag and a warning sign for a future partner, that if you let, or that you let this person down or harm them, they might also do this to you. Um, I, I realize that when we are hurt, when we are victimized, that we have a lot of strong emotions but we have to manage them better. We do have to recognize that we do need to have integrity over emotion and that's the soundbite integrity over emotion. Yeah. How you handle things even at their most difficult matters and it does count and I want us to be our best and I want us to be proud of the behaviors we engage in when we're harmed, when we're exiting something, when we're realizing a relationship that we thought we might be a part of forever isn't going to be forever. It does matter how you act. That is a part of your mental health but it's also a part of what you're marketing and communicating to others about your general health. Um, It's never acceptable to harm another person even if we've been harmed first. That is at least for me my most basic integrity and ethics. Cause no harm, cause no suffering, period. Um, And we can't move through the world with self-esteem if we aren't engaging in behaviors that are worthy of self-esteem. So remember that. You are not let off the hook with with your bad behavior when you're disappointed or let down by the ending of a relationship. And also remember, you can't get mad at someone for ending a relationship. People are allowed to do that legally, ethically, and mental health-wise. And a lot of people just don't know how to honor those endings and those boundaries. And we're going to talk tonight about how to consciously uncouple. So how to mindfully and lovingly leave and exit a relationship because you want to be that kind of person. Because maybe you realize that your partner is still a good person. Maybe because you have children involved and you realize that their mental health is impacted by your mental health and the kind of energy you're bringing in you know, staying in a miserable, uh, unhealthy relationship for the kids is not good for the kids. Kids need a parent that is responsive and available, but that means emotionally as well. And if you're miserable or always fighting or depressed, that is not good for your kids. I work with them as adults trying to deal with the harm of having been around, you know, parents with problematic relationships with drugs and alcohol, maybe because of uh, a bad relationship, Uh, parents that are depressed, maybe because of a bad marriage or relationship and it's not good for them and it harms them. It really, truly, truly does. And you know how that how that plays out, we can talk about on another show, but please know it's a big deal. Um, but again, I want to get back to the fact that when we're at our most wounded, we have to remember as, integrity and ethics over emotions. Don't just let your emotions run wild and dictate what you do because most likely, if you're harmed, or injured, you're going to want to reenact that on someone. So conscious uncoupling is really somewhat of a commitment you hope you and your partner can both make together. But if you can't, you can still do it unilaterally. Because remember, if you're showing up a certain way, very loving, very present, very supportive, that will impact and influence the way your partner responds to you, at least to some extent. But ideally, the couple themselves, as they're realizing the marriage or the relationship is ending, they say, let's do this consciously, let's do this lovingly. We don't have to make each other um, enemies through this process. We can look out for each other and leave lovingly. I don't know that people realize that can happen. You don't have to automatically make the, the, you know, your partner an enemy. Um, So again, although we can't necessarily control what's happening, especially if we are someone who's on the receiving end of being told that a relationship or a marriage is ending. And moving forward, I'm just going to say relationship because whether you're married or not, all relationships have worth and value and all relationships are legitimate. Just because someone chooses to take it as far as marriage doesn't make their relationship full of more love, commitment, care, or legitimacy. So I'm just going to say relationships because non-marital ones are just as meaningful, just as relevant, and just as impactful. Um, so just because you might be on the receiving end of a relationship ending it, you still want to be, uh, in control of how you manage that. Um, and here's the key. You want to minimize the damage done to you and your partner. Yeah, we are responsible for how we impact other people, whether they've harmed us first or not. We are responsible for how we impact others. And when we enter a relationship, a, a committed primary secure relationship, a secure attached relationship, we, the other person is in our care and we are responsible for how we impact them even when deciding to leave. I wish couples upon entering a relationship, a primary attached relationship, whether married or not that they would say in their, committed, in their commitment, especially if you're getting married, this should be in your vows. And if this relationship is not able to go on long-term, if we decide from our best selves that we shouldn't progress in this, that we will both commit to leaving as lovingly as we are here today entering into it. There is no, okay, well, I'm gonna lovingly work my way in and we're gonna do a wedding and we're gonna have our vows. But if you upset me or harm me or this ends, all bets are off and you're my enemy and I'm gonna harm you, that's gross. Let's be better than that. Let's again, commit to as we take on a partner, that we will promise to minimize the damage done to one another through its entire duration, including its ending. Really, 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 really sit with that because that matters and we are responsible for that. But somehow I think we really drop the ball on that. And we think that if we're upset or it ends that we have no responsibility at all anymore. And so again, the key is, well, we got to take a little break and we'll come back and keep talking about conscious uncouplings. And I think that this can apply to a lot of things in the world. I wish bosses did this with employees, friends did this with each other, any kind of endings. All right, you can take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we're back and we're talking about conscious uncoupling, which for those that are just joining us, it's really this really mature, loving um, framework of saying we lovingly work our way into relationships and we are responsible for each other and how we impact each other and that when we're in a committed primary relationship, each part, you know, our partner's in our care and we need to take that seriously And that traditionally, if the relationship is gonna end, we somehow no longer feel responsible for each other. And that's really unfortunate and it's kind of gross because you are responsible for each other. You are responsible for how you impact your partner at all phases of the relationship. And conscious uncoupling is a commitment we should be making to each other that if the relationship ends and while it's ending, we will do the best we can to minimize the harm as we're exiting. And that we will leave the relationship with honor, and respect, and we're gonna do our best to not leave anyone destroyed by the experience. Imagine that, imagine if we actually committed to that, because I think we show our worst selves when we're leaving a relationship, whether we're being left or we're leaving, and that matters. You are accountable to that part of yourself that you lead from in those moments. It's not like that doesn't count because you're upset. Oh no, it actually counts more, because remember, a little tidbit, how someone acts when things are going well Eh, that's easy, but how people act when they're upset, frustrated, or disappointed, that actually tells us the most about their mental health and their integrity, because that's when it's all really called into question. That's when everything's on the line. That's when we see what how much safety we can have with that person. So I'll tell you personally, if I saw someone when a relationship was ending, putting their partner on blast, talking poorly about them, disclosing secrets that were confided in them while together, um, spray painting someone's car, keying their car. I don't know that I could even have them as a friend because they're showing me that if I upset them or disappoint them, instead of being an adult and working through it, that they're going to maybe cause harm to me as well. These are people that are essentially dangerous. And I'm saying all that because if I'm talking about you, I want you to expect better from yourself. I don't want you to let yourself off the hook and act poorly because you think you're in the right, because. You were left or a relationship ended and that goes on the other end if you're ending the relationship or leaving it you are responsible for how you impact your partner as you're doing that it's not like well we're ending it or i'm going to end it so i can just do whatever i want i'm not responsible anymore yeah you are but we don't take these things seriously we i'm realizing the longer i do this work and the more i do research into interpersonal neurobiology looking at how we impact each other's psyches and nervous systems um, on deeper, deeper levels that we don't take our impact on each other within relationships seriously at all. We stay in bad relationships longer than we should. We support each other's bad behavior. I don't see friends calling each other out. I see the opposite. Yeah, girl, key his car. Yeah. You know, send, you know, re send out those, you know, disclosed secrets he shared. I see people supporting the worst. It's a mess. It's so disheartening. It makes relationships very unsafe. Um, So there's a process that you can go through and we're going to talk about this. But again, what you really hope is that at least you hold yourself accountable to this. But ideally, the couple does that as they're moving into this relationship, they say we're going to commit to exiting lovingly like we worked our way in lovingly. Um, That's the conscious uncoupling. So we're going to kind of talk about those steps. um, But I just wanted to kind of lay the theoretical framework down because, again, we don't have to leave each other wounded, you know, um, And if you choose to be an adult, if you choose to be mature about this, if you choose to make this a spiritual practice, breakups, the ending of any kind of relationship can become an opportunity for you to really grow and transform. Um, And that's something I wish we held ourselves accountable to and, 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 and tried to see in everything. Just like I always say, you know, midlife crisis, a midlife crisis isn't is not true. It's a midlife breakthrough. It's that moment in your midlife where you realize you might not be living the life you want to lead or meant to lead. And you have that moment of of reckoning and what you decide in that moment and how you go about that can become a spiritual practice, a psychological practice, something very transformative. If you let it be, if you let it be that, but instead some people panic, um, act out. And instead of creating wider, bigger change that's needed. Like what is my legacy here? Is my life rooted in purpose and meaning? Maybe they just, I don't know, start partying, start drinking, leave their marriage, start overspending, whatever it might be. And it's like, you're missing, you're missing the powerful moment that this could be. And relationships ending are the same thing. We really can learn about where our work is and um, how, how to do better next time. Uh, Relationships often end And the stats aren't that great right now. I don't think it's because marriage is bad or or commitment's bad or monogamy is bad. I think right now, the reason why we have such a high rate of failure in those relationships, it's like 50 to 70% of relationships are ending and someone's cheating. We also have the highest rate of singledom. All of that's because we don't know how to be healthy in relationships. And so it's good that a lot of people aren't in them because the things we do to each other are really, really, really horrible. Um, So we're going to take a break. And we are going to then come back, slide into the DMs. And then uh, after the DMs, we'll start talking about if you do want to do this conscious uncoupling, what are the things, what are the steps? It's pretty basic. There's not a lot to it. It's really just about that commitment. But I will let you in on some of the things you want to consider from yourself and your partner. DMs, like I said, are coming up next. So if you got a DM first, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's questions you got, topics you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back and drop deeper into. Always happy to uh, do that. And we are channelq.com, is where you want to go to check out past episodes of Loveline. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. They're all there. You can binge, post, share, we listen. Stick around, though. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us. Topic want covered? Drop them in there. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, about four months ago, I broke up with my girlfriend of three years. Long story short, it had been about two years since we had had sex because she was scared and didn't feel comfortable. About three months ago, I met this other girl, and she's incredible. We don't have a problem with sex, but she's extremely insecure. She thinks I still have feelings for my ex, emotionally and physically. The reason she thinks is because we share a dog. Ah, you are co-parents, co-parents of a dog. See, dogs and children—they become forever. <laughs> they bond you forever. Choose, choose—you know—choose those things wisely. Um, my uh, girlfriend thinks I need to let go of my dog. Just give it to my ex. I told her that just because I want to see my dog doesn't mean I still have feelings for her. Should I give up my dog? Uh, absolutely not. Your partner is operating from a perspective of what we call toxic monogamy, a toxic form of monogamy, which basically means control. Um, I appreciate that your partner's insecure, but we don't ever make decisions from fear and anxiety. We make decisions from our better, more confident self. So here's my question, and maybe this is the question I want you to pose your girlfriend. Say to her, do you trust me? Um, If you don't trust me, well, then we need to talk about how I can build trust in general because we shouldn't be in a relationship if we don't trust each other. If you do trust me, well, then I can share a dog with literally anyone. Because if you trust me, well, then you have nothing to worry about. Remember, just because someone's threatened or insecure about something doesn't mean that it's legitimate. Yes, they have a right to their feelings, but it doesn't mean you have to prioritize it or center it. You have a right to say, I appreciate that. That is hard for you to understand. And you can also say, however, in my integrity, I don't get rid of something that I love. And you want I want you to be part of a healthy relationship where no one would ever ask you to get rid of their dog because they're anxious. I want us to be better. And again, as I always advocate for on the show, I want us to understand the impact we have on others. Your girlfriend wants you to get rid of your dog because she's insecure around you having a connection still to your ex. You do not honor that. We do not give in to someone's lower self. You say to your partner, I, I understand and empathize that that is hard for you. Let's work on you you learning how to let go and to trust me. That's your girlfriend's work. You don't want to change your life or things that are important to you to accommodate her anxiety because then it stays in place. Insecurity needs to be worked through and worked out, not honored and accommodated, Your partner's uncomfortable with the acknowledgement that you have a dog. She needs to learn to build confidence around that. That is her work. But as her partner, you can be willing to be be a part of it. But please don't think that insecurity is solved by removing everything that makes them anxious. That is centering the insecurity. That is allowing it to stay in place. That is allowing it to run your relationship. Do not do that. Say to her, I appreciate that it's there. I empathize, but I need you to actually make actions and requests from your confidence so as to prioritize and center that. But no, you absolutely do not get rid of your dog, nor do you ever need to stop having a friendship with an ex if it is an appropriate friendship based on whatever commitment you make to your partner. Your partner needs to grow up. You do not need to honor or center their anxiety like that. Y'all, we got to be better. I, 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 would, I would hope that this person's girlfriend, when really challenged, would say, of course, I wouldn't want my partner to get rid of a dog that they've had because I don't like the idea of that dog. Grow up. It's an idea. We need to be more robust than that. We don't always want to lead and guide ourselves from our anxiety and our, and our fear like that. If you've got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, comments, things you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. I'm always keeping the bar high. Again, we don't want to enter people's lives and make their lives harder. And that's what this girlfriend's doing. She enters this person's life and wants her to start getting rid of things that are important to her because she's anxious okay, but we don't want to accommodate our anxiety like that. Take that seriously. When you're brought into someone's life as their friend or their partner, it shouldn't be about them honoring the lower level parts of ourselves. We use those relationships to learn about where our work is and to be better. So do that. Stick around though. We got more to come. And of course, we'll be closing out the show again with some DMs. You're listening to Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we are back and uh, we're talking tonight about conscious uncoupling, which is something I wanted to talk about on the show for a while. Hurts my heart that I see people really thinking, ah, well, you know, I got to be a good partner, but if the relationship's ending, F this, F you, I'm out, nothing matters. And uh, that's a mess. And that's unfortunate because um, we are always accountable to being our better selves and to how we impact others. And I wish we took endings as seriously as we took beginnings. We bring our best in the beginning. We court people. We pay attention to attracting them and flirting them and romancing them and being a good partner. And then if we find out it's going to end, we're just like all bets are off. We're going to harm each other, make it rough on each other. It doesn't have to be that way it really, really doesn't. We can lovingly work our way out and exit like we lovingly worked our way in. Um, So remember that we don't have to automatically start devaluing each other and attacking each other and sharing secrets that were confided in the safety of that relationship. Um, None of those things are acceptable. In fact, that's emotionally abusive. And it's never okay to be that way, but to start gossiping and disclosing secrets and all that, that's violent and abusive. And um, you're telling on yourself. Uh, you're telling on yourself to those around you that you're not mature or safe. You know, be better. Um, I'm not letting, yeah. And, and again, sometimes we think we're the victim because our partner cheated on us or ended it. And maybe that is the truth, but we still want integrity, you know? I'm holding everyone accountable to that always. Um, we're too familiar with harming each other within relationships. So if we decide... Um, that you realize, you know, the relationship's ending and you want to do some conscious uncoupling. Again, the first step is you have to just make that really powerful commitment that this is something that you want to do and you're doing this for yourself and you're doing this for everyone else that's involved in the relationship, especially if you have children, you know? Um, Because what we start to realize is that hate... is a powerful way of still being connected to someone. Hate is a way that keeps us still trapped and bonded in that relationship with that partner. Um, I work with couples where one of them is still angry and full of hate and you're like, wow, you are still attached to that relationship, you are still attached to that person, they're still that impactful on you. And then maybe the other one is in a place of neutrality and indifference, which is where you hope to get, where they're like, yeah, it's a bummer, um, I'm not angry. I, I understand that this is what's meant to be, and I know that there's life, more life to come. That's the person you want to get to be. Um, because hate is a very strong bond, and it keeps us very tied, it keeps us very connected, and it's a sign we're holding on. And I see people do that after relationships been ended, usually when they've been left, or when they've been told that it's ending. And instead of starting to do the work of healing, they keep sending horrible messages, maybe going over their house, um, policing what they're doing on social media, again, maybe sending horrible messages and threatening. And it's like, wow, that's the route you chose to get. What the the route you chose to go. What a bummer. And you're living in hate and you think you're harming the other person, but you're really harming yourself because all day long you feel off all day long. You feel bad. You know, your mood is dictated by, you know, thinking about your partner. We want to resolve that. (laughs) You really want to get rid of that hate. Um, so, so remember that. And I appreciate why that happens. Our, our brains are very much a social organ and our brain's job is to hold on to relationality and to hold on to connections. Our brain does not like to let go of them, nor does our nervous system. Because again, in a, in a true committed primary attached relationship, our brains and our nervous systems wire and we impact each other. We have, you know, there's such a list of reasons as to how and why that happens. But what's important to know is that a breakup is really Uh, um, a dissolving of those connections and it's easier for some and harder for others. So I appreciate the desire to stay connected somehow. And that's what hate does. But what you really want to do to get true healing is to move on. And in order to do that, we have to create a narrative and the narrative is let's leave lovingly. Let's do a conscious uncoupling. And you let that be the compass that guides you. And you let that, that, that framework, that narrative, that theory, that concept be what helps you decide each step you take and how you take it. And it isn't about harming yourself or others. Um, because again, we say things like, Oh, you just need time. Time heals all wounds. No, it doesn't. Depends what you do in that time. If you stay connected in that time full of hate and vitriol, you ain't healing. You ain't healing at all. (laughs) So it's about really trying to transfer all of that into, you know, a breakthrough, not, not a breakdown and not trying to attack each other. So, you know, again, conscious uncoupling is a commitment you make and you hope your partner will make it too, but you at least make it that you're going to, you're going to be loving, you're going to be caring, you're going to be respectful, and you're not going to try to harm each other. Um, and so that's really, really the goal. And then the steps in doing that, we're gonna kind of break down. I think we're gonna take a break and then we'll really get into it. And again, it's it's quite simple because it's more it's more of a theoretical decision you make and a lens through which you run all your decision making through Um, and it's about just wanting peace in your life. It's about being very mental health centered because going through a breakup or divorce in a destructive, violent way is just harmful for everyone. Your friends, your family members, the kids, everyone's kind of swimming in that soup with you. And absolutely no one does well or thrives in that. So we don't want to do it that way. So like I said, we're going to take a break. We'll come back and we'll go through the steps. Um, If you got a DM for us, we'll be coming back to those later in the show. So drop the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, we listen Um, But stick around. Like I said, we got more to come. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and audio. Stick around y'all. We will be right back. Oh, Rachel, we are back and we're talking about conscious uncoupling. That is that mature, healthy, spiritual decision to say, we're not going to harm each other in the, in the ending of this relationship. Um, it's a commitment you make. Um, so first off, you have to just decide that you are, this relationship is ending. If you're one foot in one foot out and you're not sure, you can't necessarily go into this process because this is about exiting. So do whatever you need to do to work through that and figure that out. Um, I always tell couples, one of the most painful things as a a couples and relationship therapist to see is where someone's blindsided by the ending of a relationship. I think the most loving thing to do is like I said earlier in the show to keep checking in with each other and let each other know where you're at, what you need so that no one is told out of the blue, this is over. And they're like, wait, what? Because you then remove their choice to really try to maybe be better. And I think some relation, some relationships we get lazy and uh, we feel a little too safe and we might not be aware of how we're impacting each other. And sometimes we need to be told like, Hey, this isn't feeling great. This isn't working well. So make sure you're, you're doing those, um, those check-ins um, because if you guys are willing to work on it always when in doubt I would say stick around and work it out try to work it out you're already in you've already attached put a lot of time and effort and energy in there's love there's care social identity um, shared experiences try to work it out if you can you know maybe say let's commit to being our best. And let's give it a year of being our best. And uh, if we can pull that off, awesome. But if not, well then shoot. If you know feet to the fire, we can't even do our best for a certain amount of time. Well then, we're definitely not going to be able to do that when the pressure's you know back down to zero. So if even with the fire to your feet and that commitment, we're going to be our best for a month, six months, or a year. If you can't pull that off, well then you're not going to you're not going to do any better when you're stepping outside of that, right? So I would always say the first thing to conscious uncoupling is the commitment, the commitment that this is what we're going to do. We're going to leave leveling. Second piece is I think you need to have a narrative as to how you want this ending to go. Um, who are we telling? But more importantly, what's the story we're telling? I think it's beautiful if a couple can have a shared story as to why the relationship's ending, that both partners feel secure in and confident in, and that is what you tell the world. And so again, as you notice, this really requires both of you to be on board. However, if your partner isn't and isn't willing to do this, you can still choose for yourself that you are going to be respectful and you are not going to cause harm. But for those that are able to do it as a team, which would be ideal, you decide what the narrative is going to be what are we as a couple going to tell people and who are we going to tell first and is it even possible for us to do it together showing everyone that we're together through this because again that's the goal you've been together through so much the ending shouldn't be something that you turn on each other around so have that shared story and decide like I said who you're going to tell when you're going to tell and ideally you tell them together because What happens in relationships is other people have a grieving process as well. Sometimes your family members, the kids, friends of the relationship, it's a big deal. I I know when I've had some friends that I was close to them as a couple and their relationship ended, I had to grieve that shift because my life was going to be different too. And, um, And I like the idea of just holding space and acknowledging that, that there's a lot of people that are impacted by that. The second step is really trying to lean on each other if you can. Um, really being a support with and through each other and lovingly and carefully helping each other through finances and housing. I don't think it has to be as dramatic as you need to move out tomorrow if you're living together or whatever it is. It can be, Hey, who's going to stay in the home? Or who's more financially secure enough to maybe be the one to go get a new place? Or what are both of our finances? Do we need to cohabitate for a few months so we can comfortably find new housing? We don't need to hurt people and kick them out, right? We can say, what's our money? What's our housing situation? Everyone needs to have a safe place to go that's within their budget. And you can help that. You can help each other make that happen. Again, that's that working out like we worked our way in. You lovingly move someone in, maybe at some point we can lovingly move each other out. We don't need people to be struggling and harmed. And then you kind of talk about the money. What kind of finances do we have as a couple? And what do we think each other needs? Again, making sure everyone is comfortable and taken care of, that's the second part. It's called looking out for each other. Because remember, you promised to be a team. Remember those wedding vows through sickness and in health? What was that, a big bag of crap? Was that a lie? Be a good person. Be the person that you each fell in love with. Live from your best. Also model that for your children and the rest of the world that when someone when something disappointing or frustrating happens, we don't make each other an enemy. So that's, that's the beautiful thing. What do you each need to feel comfortable as this process is happening? And usually it's around housing and finances after we've handled telling people and what our narrative is gonna be. Making sure everyone has a safe place to go. I think that is very, very, very important. So sit with that for a second, because for some people that's the hardest part, because everyone's finances aren't gonna always be equal. Not everyone might be employed at the same time and able to pay rent. Not everyone might have somewhere they feel safe going. So you have to really take all of that into account. Um, And then we also know what's best for the kids is that the kids stay in one home and that the adults go back and forth. So what does that look like? The opposite of what we currently do where mom has a house and dad has a house and the poor kids who did not ask for this are forced to shuttle back and forth between different homes and different neighborhoods. That's actually not safe for the kids. That's very traumatic emotionally. So if you really do care about the kids, the kids stay in one centralized home and then there's a second home that the alternate parent goes to. So mom might stay in the kid's house, you know, let's say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then she goes to the second home. And dad comes in to the kid's house and stays there Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, or whatever it is. Where mom and dad have to go get different houses, and the kids always stay in the centralized house with the parent there at all time. That's what we're now talking more about in the field: so that the kids don't have their lives disrupted, so that they're not dragging little backpacks with their stuff back and forth to new homes and new neighborhoods. Yeah. Maybe the parents be the one that have to do that they can get their own homes or whatever it is but there's a home that the kids stay in the one that they've always been in yeah that's that's really really looking out for the kids all right we got to take a break we're going to come back and go through the final steps of conscious uncoupling which i appreciate for a lot of people they're like i don't know about all that well you know again well then maybe you're not ready to really be a partner to someone because your commitment is conditional and is time limited Right, it's like when we're upset and when we're hurt that we really show how healthy we are and how much we care. So, um, the challenge is there. The bar is high. All right, we're going to take a little break. Come back, talk about this, wrap this up, and then we'll be closing out with some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, we're back and we're finishing up our discussion about conscious uncoupling. Again, that's the decision that an individual or both partners choose that we are going to leave lovingly that end of a relationship or a marriage doesn't have to be harmful and traumatic for everyone involved that we can work our way out like we worked our way in. It is about integrity over emotions. We're not letting our emotions make our decision making our integrity is. And we we're talking about the stages. The first step is try to work this out. Say, let's be our best and show what we can do by pulling it together for a month, six months, a year. Because if we can't even do that when the stakes are high, then we can't do this. Then if you're going to end it, you make that commitment. We're going to do this lovingly, looking out for each other. And then you decide what's going to be the narrative we're going to tell everyone. And can we tell them together as a unit to let them know we're going to be doing this lovingly? Then you look out for each other. What are the finances? What is the housing situation? What does everyone need to feel comfortable through this process? No one is just kicked out. No one is left without any money or, or basic needs. We look out for each other. That might mean supporting that person for a few more months. That's right. You heard that. Because you still care about them. Because they're still important to you. Because they're still in your life. It doesn't matter if the relationship or marriage is ending. It's not like, oh, wash your hands of them. It doesn't work like that. We can't be running our relationships like that. So yes, maybe you have to live together for a couple more months. Maybe you have to financially look out for each other. That's called love. That is a, a good sign for your future partners and your friends that like you're that good of a person. I always advocate for my clients asking new partners, hey, how'd your last relationship end? And if they talk about all this horrible stuff and treating each other poorly and and, and name calling and all that, run, run from that person because that they're gonna do that to you when you frustrate them and let them down. So again, we make the decision to consciously uncouple. Then we decide on the narrative and we try to do this together. Then we look out for each other. Then we move into the more difficult part, which is we look at our role in this relationship. What kind of partner was I? What are the things I did that I'm proud of? What are the things I did that I'm not proud of? What, what did I do to contribute in some way, great or small, that led to this not working That wasn't me being my best. That wasn't me paying attention to my partner's needs. Or what was it that I helped contribute to making the kind of relationship that my partner didn't want to be a part of or felt okay harming in some way? Yeah, yes. It's not about you taking responsibility as much as it's about you learning about yourself and responsibility, but more so you're learning about yourself so as to do better next time. That's like the final landing point. And that's how you start to let go because we're not trying to live in anger and hate, which is a bond that keeps us really tethered. We're trying to let go of that and go to neutrality and indifference by looking at the fact that we both were partners in this. It was a system. We both contributed. And that's like the landing point is really going back and doing a, a, a courageous inventory of the whole relationship. All of some people draw a relational history and we'll go through it step-by-step step and saying, what can we learn about ourselves as a relational being in this? And then the final step is really stepping back out there and creating the kind of life you wanna lead. What are the things that you were held back from? What are the social relationships or activities that you weren't able to lean into and participate in? Maybe you wanna go back to school, maybe you wanna change your job, but it's about getting back into the world and saying, has your life been being led the way you want, right? So we're moving beyond just what kind of partner we're, we're looking at the whole world and how you were moving through it as a result of this relationship. Because some people hold themselves back, or some people never went out into the world. They made every night a stay home blockbuster night. Now they're ready to get back out there and to see things and to do things and to travel more. Whatever it was that the relationship was holding back from them. And it's always about stepping out into newness. I know that was one of the most beautiful things I did when my engagement ended, is I went back and did like a training program. I started checking out different neighborhoods. I was considering a move. Um, I was reconnecting with friends, and I was just trying to create new dynamic things in my life so that my life had purpose, so that every day I had something to wake up to. Um, it's a really good way to work through the mourning process as you realize, yes, that's gone, and I can mourn the loss, loss of that, but I can also still push forward and participate in other things in the world and in my life. And it's really hard to do that, because for some of us, that pain and that anger is that last, that last thing that holds us to that person, to that relationship. And as soon as we let go of that or resolve that, we're, we're totally free from that. And that could be a very scary thing. But I've kept all my exes as friends because we lovingly left. And they're, some of them are best friends. Some of them are more casual acquaintances. But I'm, I hug them when I see them. I check in on them. I text them. I also spend a lot of close time with some of them. And they're brought into my new relationship. I'm in a new committed relationship. And we still spend time with some of my exes as a group happily. And uh, my new partner is very proud to see that I have that kind those kinds of ethics and that my care extends beyond... You know, the time that me and these people were, were deciding we can't be romantic anymore, that my care extends beyond that into a new configuration, right? We don't do breakups. We move into a new configuration. But we can only do that if we're consciously uncoupling and leaving lovingly and mindfully. And so I heavily, heavily advocate for that. Don't let yourself be that kind of person where you just cut and run from everything, whatever it is. We want We want to get better with endings and transitions. And this is something we should be doing with all relationships in our lives, to be honest, letting people know what's going on, letting people know what we need and being good for them. So sit with all that. Um, coming up next, though, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop those DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's any questions you got, topics you want covered, things you want us to circle back to. And uh, we are channelq.com. That's where you want to go to check out past episodes of Loveline. Scroll down, look for Love Line, click on it. There all there. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Um, but stick around. Got those DMs coming up. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. The DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, this pandemic has taken a toll on everyone. But I really feel like my parents are suffering a lot. They're both over 65. And they are so afraid to leave the house. Understandably so. I think we all need to be a little more afraid to leave the house. I am shocked looking at the skyrocketing numbers, which by the way, they are skyrocketing and expected to get worse. And I'm seeing people at concerts and in all sorts of public indoor spaces. And I I feel unsafe. It makes me not feel safe being around people because people are doing things like that. Um, back to your question though, you said uh, they're afraid to leave the house. Yeah, they should be, I get it. <laughs> I hope that they have their uh, vaccines and booster shots, but that doesn't protect them. Um, they should only be leaving the house for really important mandatory things like relationships, not for work. I don't think work is worth risking our lives as evidenced by the people that died in the candle factory and the Amazon things. We should only be risking our lives for important people in our lives, friendships, Family members, those should be the people we're risking our lives to go see, not work, not concerts. We, we got our priorities backwards. Um, you said I live two hours from them, but they won't let me come over, even if I'm being safe. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> they have me order their groceries through an app. awesome. They sanitize their mail. I don't think we're needing to do that anymore. They won't even sit in their backyard because their neighbors sometimes have people over. They haven't gotten the vaccine yet. Oh, so maybe that will help. Is there anything else I can do? Uh, Share science and research with them, but if not, honor their boundary yeah, they should be getting vaccinated. That should reduce a lot of their concern. But since they're not, I think they should be taking all those precautions. In fact, they should be taking even more. They're not vaccinated. It's a high risk. They're being very smart. They're being very realistic. Once vaccinated, they can reduce some of that anxiety. But right now, dear God in heaven, yes, please see no one. You are not vaccinated. Avoid everyone at all costs. But dear God in heaven, also go get vaccinated. We know you don't get vaccinated, you run the risk of death, period. So I hope they do. But until then, honor their anxiety. But you can also share some facts with them, which is if you see them outside, maybe you don't even touch them, but they can come outdoors and you can be, you know, at the curb and wave to them, they're fine. But you know, no, I can't tell you what you can do to make them feel any better than where they're at. We can't change people, nor do I want to be a part of that. But honor their wishes, support them in getting vaccinated, and just share some research with them. Hey, I realize that you're scared to have me come over. However, the research shows that if you see me outdoors and I'm six feet apart, there's literally virtually no possibility of transmission. And if they're like, yeah, we're still not comfortable, then you say, I honor that. And I'll see you once you're vaccinated, period, case closed. We have to honor people's anxieties. They are not vaccinated. You should not be seeing them. You should not be touching them. They should not be going out. They're correct. When my mom was unvaccinated, I said to her, dear God in heaven, I keep saying that tonight for some reason, see no one, go nowhere. And she's like, you're right. Now that she's vaccinated, she wears a mask and she's very thoughtful about where she goes. Yeah, she's over 65 as well. She needs to be thoughtful. I think you need to honor their anxiety. They should be that anxious right now. you know. I think a lot of us should be more anxious. Again, I can't believe the things I'm seeing people do. Um, but hey, it's where we're at right now. More to come, more to come. I have clients asking me when I'm coming back into my office and I'm like, are you not watching the news? <laughs> I don't want to sit there with that multitude of people coming in and out of my office, sharing a small space with me, not knowing who else they're around, not knowing who else they're habitating around, uh, cohabitating with. And if you're willing to come into my small office, then I'm sure you're willing to take other risks. you know. So I think your parents are being very smart. Um, All right, y'all, that is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night. So uh, join us then. But until then... Past episodes are over at wearechannelq.com. Look for Love Line, scroll down and click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen because it's all about the habits and the practice. We have to make a commitment to our mental health and we do that by practicing better skills like not asking our partners to get rid of their dog because it makes us anxious. You know what I mean? Um, But if you got a DM for us, topic you want covered, question you got for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. Um, Remember, we want to have a positive impact on those we come in contact with. We shouldn't be making people's lives harder because we're a part of them. Really, really, really check that. Maybe make that the gift you give yourself and everyone else this year. Maybe make that your New Year's resolution. I'm going to really assess... The impact I'm having on everyone's life, and I'm gonna to try to make their lives better because I'm in it. That is the best gift of all, you know. Um, all right, y'all. As always, thanks for hanging out. You enjoy the rest of your night, and see ya tomorrow.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.